things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, this is a creative church podcast, and, well, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. Fam, Chotty here. Welcome to episode 38 of I Cry in Corners. We're in season four, and we actually only have three episodes left. I don't even know how that's possible, as I feel like I just started this season. But for those of you who have been on this journey for a while, hi, fam. <laughs> for the rest of you that are newbies, um, welcome. I would highly suggest that you go back to the very beginning and listen to the beginning, as it's foundational to I Cry in Corners. You can catch up listening uh, season by season season, but I would highly suggest that you go back and start from season one. But if you just want to stay here, no judgment. Um, real quick, let me take my earrings off. I I can hear them jingling and, um, that's awkward. Never had that problem. Oh, I usually record these in the morning, but today I'm recording it in the evening and I had my jewelry on. So anyways, now you know that weird waste of oxygen. Sorry. Didn't mean to share that anyways. Oh, Next week, um, I will be in Vegas. So, uh, for the creative church one day at this time. So I actually won't be recording a podcast for next week, but I'll be back the following week and, um, back at it for the last three. What is it? This is one. Then we'll have two more episodes left. I'm really excited. Okay. Anyways, let's just start. Uh, these past few weeks, we've been going through the things that are actually a thing or in other words, uh, kingdom principles you should focus on in a world that is, uh, inundated with people's opinions, weird platforms, and uh, anything and everything, trying to mark your identity apart from Christ. So I'm trying to tell you these things so that you can focus on these things so that you'll become more like Christ. Um, I, let's see, I was reading the other day on a plane, and, um, because that's what I do on planes besides, you know, have anxiety. Um, and I was reading a book called The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer is one of my all-time favorite authors. And he spoke about things, and he spoke about it way better and more eloquently than I could ever. So I want to read an expert, an expert, oh my gosh, an excerpt from his book, The Pursuit of God, um, as uh, it'll make you understand why I'm obsessed with this. Okay. So he says, the way to a deeper knowledge of God is through the lonely valleys of soul poverty and ab- abnegation, abnegation, abnegation. Oh, that's like, that's like that movie. Anyways. Okay. Let's start again. I'm, I got offsite. They're divergent. Okay. The way to a deeper knowledge of God is through the lonely valleys and soul poverty of abdignation of all things. The blessed ones who possess the kingdom are they who have repudiated every external thing and have rooted, uh, and have rooted from their hearts, all sense of possessing. I love that rooted from their hearts, all sense of possessing. These are the poor in spirit. They have reached an inward state paralleling the outward circumstance of the common beggar in the streets of Jerusalem. That is the word poor as Christ used it actually means, uh, it doesn't mean what you think it means. These blessed poor are no longer slaves to the tyranny of things. <laughs> Yo, the tyranny of things. That is hot fire. I don't care who you are. That's super gangster. He says the poor in spirit are actually the people who have uh, rooted out all sense of possessing and uh, the blessed are the poor 
are no longer slaves to the tyranny of things. It's not because they don't have things. It's because they don't, they are now free from the wanting. And so when I talk about things that are not a thing, I'm not talking about things that you attain. Um, I'm talking about the things that we allow to fill us uh, mentally, the things that we want, um, the things that we don't really need, the tyranny of things. Most of us, um, including me, uh, have either lived like that or still do, whether it's actually physical things you attain or mental things that over overwhelm you, but I want to be a kingdom person. I want you to be a kingdom person and I want us to live for the kingdom and by the kingdom so people can encounter the kingdom. And by the kingdom, I mean the king, which is Jesus. And they encounter him um, because I'm not focused on my needs or my wants for things. I'm focused on his things. That's good stuff. Oh my God. I might have to go back and write that joker down. That was, that was some good stuff. Um, guys, it's serious business. I'm obsessed with this. This is like, if we could all just live like this, if we could all just be focused on God, on Jesus, on the things that he is doing and the things he needs from us, it would change everything. It would make crazy days like today. Uh, it was, it was like today was, and six months ago, a day like today would have undone me. But there is, when you're focused on his things and you're focused on the king, there is this peace that surpasses all understanding that is overwhelming. I remember in a season where things were crazy bare, I read a quote by Bill Johnson that said, the things, um, the peace that surpasses all understanding are only um, ever felt by those who give up their uh, need to understand. And I love that because just like Tozer says, we uh, are no longer slaves to the tyranny of things. Those that want to live in peace are actually, um, (laughs) they don't care what's going on because the reality is they know that God's more concerned than they are. So that's why I've been talking about these things. I talked about in episode 34, I talked about love, how it's not optional, it's missional. I talked about struggle in 35, it's real, but it's not the realist. I talked about covenant in episode 36, It's, it's what gives us longevity on this walk, our faith walk, our ministry walk. And then last week I talked about brokenness. Um, it's what can and will prepare, propel us forward. And today uh, I want to unravel something that I feel uh, people don't really want to talk about because it's not, it's not fun. I feel like these last couple weeks, people don't talk about these things. And I wish somebody would have sat my butt down and said, Hey, if you can get this thing, it's going to change. It's going to change the way you live. It's going to change the way you love. It's going to change how excellent you are in your work. And that is understanding the weight. Uh, I know waiting is not uh, super glamorous, but it is glorious in the kingdom as it is a principle that can change things. As waiting is what teaches you how to navigate this life with a firm fight against the tyranny of things. I actually wrote that down. I'm going to repeat it because I thought it was pretty awesome. Waiting is what teaches you how to navigate this life with a firm fight against the tyranny of things. And that's what we're fighting against, guys. We're fighting against anything that will try to identify us apart from our creator. So I want to jump right in. Please take notes. Whether you're running or riding or driving your car, I want you to remember these things. I'm about to start traveling a ton, by the way with the creative church. And I have a couple tour dates coming up with the book and a conference I'm going to do in October. And the thing I'm the most excited about is not the actual traveling, uh, to the places and speaking, even though I love to do that. Um, honestly, it's the airports. I learn a lot in airports. Uh, if you ever want to embrace waiting and, um, learn it fast, then you should go get stuck in a gross airport, uh, or stuck in between flights somewhere really crazy, like, uh, Atlanta, 
in the middle of the day or somewhere without a whole lot to do like Billings, Montana. Um, but airports are my favorite place to wait. And you may have already guessed why, because it's, it is the people watching. <laughs> people watching at airports is my favorite and Disney World, but that's a different story. Um, plus airports, if you tune into what God is doing, he will teach you about how to wait and how to love in the middle of, um, a crowded room, a room full of sick people. Have you ever been in an airport? People, everyone seems lost and frustrated. It'll teach you how to wait when people are in a hurry, teach you how to wait when people uh, who are affected by turbulence and delays. It will teach you how to wait and contend with being in various locations that are actually not your final destination. Uh, it will teach you how to wait while needless information is on repeat. It'll teach you how to wait in the middle of distractions, uh, no places uh, to charge your essentials. Have you ever noticed in airports, there's charging places everywhere, but they're all taken. And I think that in the kingdom and in life, sometimes you're in situations where you need a charge, but there's actually nothing available. And so you have to wait. It also is a place where your sustenance isn't good for you. Have you ever tried to eat in an airport? The junk is gross, uh, or you have to wait forever and it costs so much more than what it would normally cost if you were at a normal place. The point is that airports can actually teach you a lot. Waiting can actually teach you a lot. Yep, the things of God, if you ever encounter a wait, somebody write this joker down. If you ever encounter a wait, a pause, a stop in your life between where you currently are and where you are currently headed, then God is definitely trying to teach you something. If you ever encounter a wait, a pause, a stop, if you ever find yourself in an airport, metaphorical airport, uh, where you are currently waiting, I promise you from where you're going to where you're headed, God is trying to definitely teach you something. That is why we wait in the kingdom. That's why things in our life, we wait, God waits before he gives it to us. I can literally pluck stories out of the Bible. I can pluck stories out of my life to prove this to you for the sake of time. I'm only going to give you like three mini versions in the Bible, but God actually pauses on things. I love, I love Jesus's. If you use Jesus as an example, he actually was hidden for 30 years before he actually started his ministry. He spent 30 years in hiddenness, building his character and his grit before he stepped into ministry and did all the things that he did. And the reason that he was able to do them is because he waited for 30 years. And then you look at Joseph in the old Testament, he had all these dreams and this grandeur for his life. And then he met a pit, a sketchy lady's house, a prison, and then finally a palace. But he had to go through so much before he even got to that palace. There was a weight, there was a grit, there was a character building. There was a, a understanding of who God was that had to be built in the weight. And then you look at the people of Israel from Egypt to the wilderness, to the promise, and then back to captivity, then back to Israel, the people of Israel. If you look at their life, oh my gosh, it was like they were constantly waiting on something, waiting for a Messiah, waiting for a miracle, waiting for a word, waiting for peace, waiting for a job, a relationship, waiting, waiting, waiting. I feel like if I look at those things, I feel like I, at one point, have been waiting on Jesus for something, waiting for a miracle, waiting for a word, waiting for peace, waiting for a job, a relationship. So I'll just say, I don't want to teach you why we're asked to wait. As I just said, why we're doing, we wait. Why the why behind waiting is because God's trying to teach us something today. I want to teach you about how to wait. So I'll just recite Tozer again and say the blessed ones who possess the kingdom are they who have repudiated every external thing and have rooted from their hearts all sense of possessing. What do you want today? What do you truly want 
In a nutshell, the why behind the weight is to position our vision towards our creator. But if you want things that are not the creator, you actually will not be able to do this. You will not be able to wait because your vision will not be set on our creator, but on what you want. So how do you wait? This is what I want to break down. How we should wait. What the formula is for waiting. How do you wait without being frustrated or feeling lost or abandoned? How do you wait for the spouse? How do you wait for the position? How do you wait for the miracle? How do you wait for these things? So as I was processing this and as I was praying and as I'm still in my life waiting for certain things, I was brought back to this verse in Psalms 121. God bless it. I'm already crying. Okay. The reason I'm emotional about it is because this is my grandmother's favorite verse. Okay. Anyways, whew, pull it together. Scene. All right. Psalms 121. Good Lord. It says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence my, from, hmm, from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall never slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade in your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even furthermore. So look, if you want to wait, you first have to understand where your help comes from. Okay? Write this down. There's three things you have to do to be able to wait well. Okay, I'm going to read them to you. You have to understand where your help comes from. You have to understand that God is on your side. And you have to understand that God is at work. I'm going to repeat it. If you want to learn how to wait well, if you want to be a person that can wait well, and we all need to be people that can we can wait well, because the truth is people don't look at you. They're not inspired by how successful you are. They're, they're inspired and influenced by, oh my God, how you wait well. Understanding where where your help comes from, understanding that God is on your side and understanding that God is at work. See that first one, the first one is understand where, where your help comes from. Okay, so the verse says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. And then it says, my help comes from the Lord who's made heaven and earth. That in itself, he's made heaven and earth. He spit the solar system into space. And I think sometimes in situations that are hard, we forget that the one that said, let there be light and light has not stopped happening is concerned for us. The enemy and sadly our perspective most of the time will do everything to tell you that during a waiting season that God is not helping you. And that the weight is actually hurting you. How many times, I can say that, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a situation and I have my, my perspective has been jacked because I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to miss out. It's like, it's like I'm, I'm overcome with mirages that the weight is setting me back and that I'm missing opportunities or that people are being promoted before me, that I'm getting shafted in some way or another. But the truth is, the truth is, if you know that your help comes from the Lord, the guy who spits solar systems into place, the guy that knits you together in your mother's womb, it always comes from the Lord. The whole waiting thing becomes easy because you begin to find your patience is refined. You begin uh, to see that your perspective is getting sharper. And finally, your peace becomes evident. So what happens is when, you, when you're totally focused on God in a wait, all of a sudden things that you were never patient about because you're spending time in his presence, because you're in his word, because you know he's the one who's your helper, 
What happens is you're attached to him. And because of that, you find that your perspective, your peace and your patience begin to get sharpened and they're evident. People begin to notice. And if you have your patience, your perspective and your peace intact in the waiting, you'll find God and then you'll unlock something you've been waiting for. But those three things I found have to be aligned. You have to have those things aligned. And also, when your head is lifted and you understand that you're not waiting out of boredom, you're waiting in a ready position. That's what I mean. Like where you know your help is coming from the Lord. So like you're in this ready position, like a runner set in place, like before, like before the gun goes off, like you're ready to go at all times, ready in season and out of season, no matter, no matter what you're doing, but you only get ready when you understand your help comes from the Lord. See, some of you are like, oh no, Chadi, you don't understand. I'm going to be a pastor one day. You know, I'm just really frustrated because I haven't been able to do what God's called me to do yet. Look, if you are not doing in the hidden, uh, God will never give you something in the public. Okay. So if whatever it is that you're waiting on, you should be cultivating that. I'm getting ahead of myself. You you should be cultivating that in hiddenness. Okay. But I'll, I'll come back to that. Okay. So the first thing you have to understand, God, is uh, your help. So your eyes and your focus should always be on God. And because of your eyes are always focused on God, your patience, your peace, and your, uh, what's the other one? Perspective are intact. So the next thing is that you understand God is on your side. See, the Lord is your keeper. He is your shade in your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Like you understand, you understand that he will not allow your foot to be moved. He will keep you. Like I read these things in moments where I'm like, God, what am I doing? doing? What are you doing? Well, he's not allowing my foot to be moved. He's keeping me and he's not sleeping. He's focused on what is happening. That's what he's doing. The enemy and sadly our perspective, like the other thing, time and time again, will tell you that during a waiting season, God is actually not for you, but he's actually for you. He's actually on your side. He'll actually, the enemy, if you're not careful, will tell you that you did something wrong or you're stuck in this waiting season. But that's like uh, a baby getting upset around the fourth month in his mother's womb because he's ready to come out and see the world, but he's not ready. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a baby getting all pissed off and being like, hey guys, I've been in here long enough if you could let me come out. No, man, most of the time God is knitting something together in the darkest parts of you. So when the time is right, he can unleash it on the world. See, but maturity sees the importance of waiting. Immaturity just pines for what they uh, aren't ready for. Oh my God, that's so good. Somebody write that down. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that and and retype it somewhere. God is on your side so much so that he'd allowed, oh, he allowed you for some small reason to walk through a wilderness a few times just to make sure you're ready to take your promised land on and you have the right people around you. God loves you so much and he wants you to do everything that you in your heart. He's put those dreams in your heart that you haven't even realized yet and you don't even realize the season you're in. It just takes time for you to be refined into this season. Look, Chadi, why are you so uh, intenso? Because I'm 38 years old and I just released my first real book and I'm going on tour next week. And I promise you at 24 years old, I thought I was ready for it. At 24 years old, I was a tragedy. I should have never been given a microphone or allowed to speak at 24 or 28 for that matter. I might as well just start giving away my book that I wrote about when I was 28. It's so ridiculous. Like I should have never written anything. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I was trying to build platforms. I wasn't ready. But now at 38, I understand that God is always on my side and his timing is perfect. His timing is so perfect. And the truth is that most of us are so focused on the timing, we forget about God. I'm going to get, I'm going to go over a little bit, guys. Just deal with it. Some of you are like, I don't even know what time it is. I don't know what's tracking out. 
Anyways, I'm, his timing and his love for you is active and it's working and it's chiseling away at the tyranny of things. So you got to see his hand in your life so you can be his hands to the world. Finally, if you want to wait and you want to wait well, you got to understand that God is always at work. The, it says that he, he's preserving your soul. He is constantly moving. He's constantly not. He's working on your behalf. He's on your side, but he's always at work. Don't get stuck in the wait just because you don't see whatever it is you're waiting for. God is at work. And most of the time I found that the result may not fit what we want or what we think we need. So we get upset at God for waiting. Don't get frustrated if you haven't gotten your miracle miracle yet. Just keep pursuing, keep seeking, keep knocking. Don't get upset if you haven't experienced what you think you want. Maybe God is trying to teach you something. That's why we wait. He's trying to teach you something. Maybe you don't even really need it, but you want it. Whether it's a position, whether it's a relationship, whatever it is God has you waiting on, it could be because God is your help and God is on your side and God is at work and he's trying to put something into practice. So how do you apply this into your everyday? Because I know some of you are like, cool, thanks, cool, cool, cool. How, do, how does this even fit? Well, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you real quick. This is how you do Psalms 121 every day. One, your words. Your words in seasons of waiting don't speak negatively or impatiently. So if you know you, if you want to know whether you're waiting well, your words will tell you. Uh, like it'll show if you're pissed off at God because you haven't gotten what you want yet and you tell everybody about it. Um, but if your words are full of patience, perspective, and peace, then you know you're waiting well. Uh, secondly, your actions and seasons of waiting, uh, they look like waiting. <laughs> Chadi, what, is, what does it look like? What does the season of waiting look like? It looks like waiting. You don't try to market or build your platform or pace back and forth in frustration. You're in, you're in the word and you're in his presence and you're seeking God and you're trying to learn and you're going to school and you're getting mentored. That's what waiting looks like. That's what your actual actions look like. And if you, um, if you want to do something, um, and you're not cultivate, this is, this is what I was talking about earlier. Okay. If you're not cultivating in secret, um, what you want to do, God won't use you in a public forum. That's truth. So cultivate whatever it is in the hiddenness of your life, and then God will entrust you with a public platform. Okay, let me give you an example. If you want to be a missionary, don't be mad because you're not in Africa. Go your, wherever your job is right now, mission field. Your home, mission field. The lady at Starbucks, mission field. If you can't love people in your circle, God's never going to give you a bigger circle crickets crickets true true life true life okay so um uh, if you want to be a pastor and you're like i'm waiting to be a pastor who are you pastoring are, are you in a small group are you leading a small group are you leading a serving team go pastor people being a pastor doesn't mean you have a title being a pastor means you love people okay same thing with i want to be the worship leader i want to be the main dude cool cool if you're not writing songs and 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 leading worship and worshiping to god alone like david did um on a rock covered in poop like a shepherd um he was worshiping and writing psalms long before uh, psalms was ever a thought so you need to be writing in secret before god will ever use your songs or use you thirdly uh the thing not your words uh your your actions those things are practical but really your heart guard your heart guys in seasons of waiting in seasons of waiting um you gotta be aligned to god's plan whatever that is for you okay understand that god is your helper he's on your side he's actively working and for the sake of making sure understand for the 40 millionth time if you do this if you get your words right if you get your actions right if you get your heart right it'll look like patience It'll look like a really godly kingdom perspective. 
and you'll be a person that walks into a room and you're always at peace as your heart truly affects the other two. Okay. So um, remember, people may be temporarily inspired by your success, but they are forever influenced by how you navigate seasons of waiting, seasons of struggle, moments where things don't go your way. So make sure you wrote this stuff down. Be patient. Embrace the kingdom perspective that is full of peace. And don't forget that the tyranny of things is real, and God is in the business of shaping us into mature kingdom kids that can be his image on the earth. And that's the goal, guys. I promise what will be cultivated in you will be monster perspective and patience and peace that surpasses all understanding i know it i know it i know it because i'm living it and i'm living it out right now so be patient with your words your actions guard your heart as it's the wellspring of life and guys you've got this you can be these people this is who god's created you to be and um yeah i can't wait to see and meet some of you guys in these next coming weeks and uh i'll see you soon (laughs) love you weirdos